Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave, one of the pastors here at Compass Point. And with me again this week as we talk about Sabbath is Paul and Chris. Hey, guys. Hey, how you doing, Dave? I'm good. How are you, Chris? Doing fantastic, yeah. Paul? I'm pretty excited to be here. Keep oh, keep excellent. the conversation going. This has been fun, and uh, I, love, I love talking to you guys about this. Yeah, and uh, excited to keep keeping the Sabbath, right? I think this um, we've found that this has struck a nerve for people, I think, um, in, in maybe a good way and maybe a challenging way. I think there are people who are really curious and really interested, and there are people who are like maybe really curious, but maybe a little bit oppositional. And I like, Hey, that's, let's keep yeah. exploring this together. So today we're talking about delight in Sabbath. Uh, and Paul, you mentioned on Sunday, we've talked, we've talked stop. We've talked rest. We've talked until this point of things we don't do. Right. And this week the call is into Sabbath delight, which yeah. is getting into what we do. Give us a little recap from Sunday. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I just, I want to jump off where you started there is the, is the idea that you know, for many of us, a lot of the anxiety or the angst has come with, you know, what do I do? What am I allowed to do? What am I not allowed to do? And we've had lots of those conversations. And I find it a little bit funny because we've introduced the idea and just talked about what not to do. And as we turn the page and start talking about some of the things that we can do, um, I think that beginning with, sa- with, uh, with delight is just a great place to start. Yeah. Because, uh, because really, this should be the best day of the week. Um, I've heard from many people have said to me, you know, how do I engage with my young adults with this or the youth or the teenagers that are living in my house? And I would say that like, okay, let's back the pressure off. We recognize that, you know, we may have an ideal that we're shooting for, but we're not there yet. Yeah. And I would say that start small and start in ways, you know, with the people in your house that are ready to engage, but create something that is, uh, that is delightful, something that is enjoyable. And as you continue to develop that, people will naturally say, Hey, I'm a little curious. What does that look like for me? And and in my context. So yeah, I love the idea of talking about delight. Yeah, this is, this is great. And it is fun, right? Like there is something that I feel that's hard about stopping and resting, but you tell me delight and I'm like, Okay, like I, I think I can get behind that. Um, even though I don't, I don't find it easy. I don't find it easy to know what to do or how to do. And I think it, even my my best instincts often stop me from really delighting. Yeah, they. they I want to relax, yeah. not delight. But delight is so important. And I think Timothy Keller said that um, this is the quote that I kind of started with on Sunday that I think is really helpful for us. Is that he, is it, he said that because the world is full of ugly things, we need the Sabbath to feed our soul with beauty. Yeah, and I think that. I mean, look around, right? It, it, like with the news and the things that we're facing, there's a lot of ugliness. And the Sabbath gives us a chance uh, to you know, feed our souls with beauty. And I think that's something that is worth shooting for. Not, you know, not something for us to feel guilty about or say, oh man, like I'm, I'm failing again, I'm failing again. That's not the point. That's not why we're talking about this. Right. We're inviting people into something that I think is absolutely incredible. And, and as we move into it, um, you know, we'll experiment and figure things out as we go. Yeah. So yeah, I was just going to say, like, I think, uh, I think this is, is hard for some of us to kind of wrap our minds around when we talk about this. I mean, you know, Dave, you're right. I think we think, oh, delight, joy, you know, I'm going to do things that are fun. And that sounds really easy at first, but when you start to actually try to make those plans, uh, it's maybe a little more difficult than we think it's going to be. Um, and I think that's, a uh, that's in, a, in many ways, because a lot of the, a lot of the fun things that we do sometimes can be really dissociative. So like there are things to kind of separate ourselves 
from having to think about stuff or, you know, having to exert much energy because we're just tired, we're exhausted, we live in a fast-paced culture with busy families, busy lives. And so we're kind of used to choosing things that are dissociative. Not bad, necessarily, but mm -hmm. like sitting down and binging a show on Netflix or whatever, you kind of turn your brain off, you know, and you kind of turn, you just do nothing. Yep. And I think sometimes those things don't always lead to the greatest level of, of joy and delight. Right. Again, they might not be bad things, but they may not have that impact during or especially afterwards that just lift our spirits, you know, allow us to feel more of our true selves. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting, you know, when you read a little bit about Sabbath, a guy like Dan Allender and, you know, what he talks about in terms of delight is this idea of reflecting the garden or reflecting the future kingdom. Um, this idea of, of, you know, being known by God and knowing God, being known by others and knowing others and this sense that we're actually, you know, coming more in line with who God's made us to be, mm -hmm. you know, the way that he's wired us, you know, the things that he's, he's kind of allowed us to enjoy and our unique personalities and our community. And, and so those things often lead to a greater sense of delight. But most of us can't imagine, you know, engaging in that for a long period of time. And that's why this is a practice Yeah, because it starts like super small and then grows and grows and grows over time. So I want to ask a question about something you said there. So sure. you're talking about, you know, delight in our unique personalities yeah. and in our community. Yes. Um, those two things in, in my world sometimes fight. Okay. Right? Like my family, in my family, I'm wired differently than the rest of my family and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes the things that I... I mean, I'm not even going to say I delight in. Sometimes the things that I want to do are things that my family doesn't want to do. And yet, like, trying to figure out how to practice Sabbath as a family, how do we, how do we hold those tensions? How do we, like, and you, you talked about, you know, going back to the garden. Are there, are there universal things that we delight in as people? Are there things we need to learn how to delight in? Or do we all just kind of go to our, what we think our unique personalities are in delight and do those things, even if they're wildly different? Right. Well, I think it's a little bit of everything, you know, but... You know, one of the things I think that, that brings us to light is actually just getting to know people, even people that we already know. And so sometimes it's just that that freedom and that flexibility, that openness to say, I'm just going to spend time with people that I care about. And it might even be just, you know, walking side by side, sharing a meal together, talking together. It's not always about the activity necessarily that we're choosing, because I think you're right. Like, you know, there's all kinds of different activities, things that I might like and not like. But I think it's more focused around the, the being together part of it. Um, so, so there's not like in that there's not a whole lot of room and permission for the like deep introverts to be like, I want to be alone. You're calling us to be, to be together, right? Like, okay. Well, I'm an introvert. And so like, okay. I understand this tension really well. Yeah. And so one of the things that I actually struggle the most with in terms of this current kind of study of Sabbath that I've been engaging with is the community aspect. Sure. Because when I think of rest and I think of stopping, you know, I think of hiding away hmm. and doing it for as long as possible and just like doing my own thing. And so I really had to be pushed uh, kind of in this area and I'm still very slowly trying to figure out what it looks like to do Sabbath in community. I do think it's going to look different for different people. You know, for me, you know, gathering with my church family as part of my Sabbath is part of that community aspect, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, like eating together with my family at home is part of that, you know, choosing to, to make choices that allow us to do things together that are fun. And that might mean, yeah, choosing an activity that I love, but then some other time choosing an activity that someone else loves or finding some compromises or whatever. Um, but I also think there's room to be alone too. Like okay. I, I don't think we're saying that, you know, you have to spend every second of your Sabbath around other people. Right. Um, in fact, we've talked about quiet time with God and we've talked about, you know, just, 
resting, like having a nap is okay on the Sabbath. You know, those things are, are, are totally allowable. So I think it's just experimenting, being curious, um, you know, trying these different aspects of the Sabbath. It's very interesting. If you read the commandments, you know, and I don't know how much weight to give this, but, you know, the commandment of Sabbath that was originally given is the hinge commandment between the things that allow us to relate to God and the things that allow us to relate to others. Hmm. And so it's kind of interesting, the placement of it. It's, yeah. it's it, the, the, There's maybe something to this idea. You know, the commandments were given so that the people could live well in the land that they were moving into. They could have a right relationship with God, but also a right relationship with their community. Right. And so it's very interesting that that particular commandment is like after the commandment that talk about relating to God and before the other commandments to talk about relating to people. And so I think there's both qualities to, yeah. to Sabbath. It's being known by God and by others and, and having delight in those relationships. Yeah. So, and I, I think one of the things that I think about is, so circle, if we circle back to what you said about the, what did you say, disassociative, yeah, like, yeah. like the activities. Yeah. And I think I think what you're saying, um, or one of the things I think is helpful here is is where the Sabbath ends up in our week and what I mean by that is that when we're going through our week and we're saying to ourselves, I can't wait for the weekend so that I can just sit down with my favorite drink and watch the football game. And this time I'm going to do nothing. I'm just going to sit and I'm going to, you know, whatever. That can sometimes lead us into behaviors. When we, when we think about what is it that I need right now because of my exhaustion or because it's been a long week or a hard week then that can lead us into behaviors that we think are going to bring us joy, but they end up actually taking from us. And it's a weird kind of thing. But I think if we put the rest on the other side of our week, then it it's less about what do what do I need because of my week has been long. Mm-hmm. And it's the question becomes, how can I fill myself with the things I need so that I can face what I'm facing this week? Yeah. And I think there's a there's a difference there. And, you know, when you talk about the activities, what I said on Sunday was I talked about the idea of delighting in God's world and then delighting in my life in God's world Mm -hmm. and then delighting in God himself. And I think that helps to frame some of the activities that we might get involved in. But I think that as you're asking that question, I think that was what I was thinking is like, where does it end up? Is it at the beginning or is it at the end? Hmm. And, you know, I'm an introvert. I just need to be alone. Like I need that space now that usually is a response to it's been a long week yeah. where, you know, what yeah. does it look like the other way around? And, and so two things I'll add to that as also an introvert. First of all, introvert, extrovert are not like static or biblical categories. Let's be honest. Right. Um, like I think they're helpful. I think there are ways we can know ourselves, but um, the Bible presents an image of people uh, who need relationship, relationship with God and relationship with each other. Um, so I think that's a good reminder sometimes maybe for us introverts to like not escape. The other thing I've, I have experienced in practicing Sabbath as a family is we've had some of the best, most delightful moments we've had are moments where we're all sitting in the living room, reading a book, right? We're all in the same room together. Uh, the dog is sitting quietly on the floor, which happens almost never. Um, and we're together, but we're not like you know, engaging in boisterous conversation, which is the, like the, the introverted part of me is like, I can't imagine doing that all day, but like, that's not what we're talking about here. Right. Um, so like there are ways to be together and delight together that are actually like still feed into the souls of the introverts among us. Um, and I would say like, we talked about the idea of having a feast, you know, like eating a meal with friends. I would say that if you're thinking about practicing this, um, think about friends that are easy, 
Like these, mm-hmm. these relationships are like, there are times to be hospitable and open our homes to people that are so far outside of our circles or our experiences that, and that's, that is soul feeding as well. But what we're talking about with this idea of like resting and delighting, it's it for some people, like having people over might feel like, oh my goodness, that's like, I've got it. What I got to do, I got to clean the house. I got to get this. Mm-hmm. I go like, what am I going to talk about? Like, how am I going to get them to leave at the end? You know, all those kind of things. Um, especially as if, as you're an, if, if you're an introvert, I, I guess, cause I'm not, but, um, <laughs> but on the other, the flip side is like, have easy relationships, like bring people over that yeah. you don't need to prepare for that. It can just, that you don't even need to speak. You just need to be with each other, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And the people that you don't need to apologize to, you know, you don't need right. to say when they walk in, Oh, I'm sorry. My house is a mess. Right. Yeah. Like think about your friends who know you well enough, who have seen you at your worst, who yeah. have seen your house messier than it is now. And those are the ones that, that are great to feast with. Yeah, so, so this, this practice of feasting, um, how, how do we go about doing that uh, without it being a lot of work, right? Like, I, yeah, I, I love the idea of feasting and, and uh, we, we, I am a sous chef in our house. My wife does the, mm-hmm. the lion's share of that stuff, but, but it's a lot of work. There's a lot of dishes, there's a lot of cleanup. Um, and we like making food, but it also is work. How do you, is that part of Sabbath preparation? Do you think is that, that where that comes in or are there ways to do it or what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just different for every person, right? Like some people would get tremendous joy and, you know, f- putting together a, a big meal, you know, for a bunch of people. And that would be awesome. You know, for others, <laughs> we have to be creative. Yeah. We have to prepare. We have to do you know, uh, cold cuts or, uh, <laughs> you know, like potluck or those kind of things. Like maybe we're not having a traditional meal. Maybe we're having, uh, danishes and stuff that we picked up from the store or whatever. Like, I think, I think we just have to experiment and see what works for us. So I don't have the perfect yeah. answer to, you know, what's order, the right thing to do for, for every different You person, could also but, order in, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you know what, if that's, if that's a yeah. possibility for you, but the one thing that, you know, was recommended as I was kind of reading through this that I thought was helpful is always plan for dessert. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe this is the time that you have mm. dessert and, and maybe it's just like, you know, something yeah. like from the grocery store, something really simple. Yeah. It could yeah. be, yeah, yeah, something inexpensive. But I think the idea of, even if you're doing cold cuts or whatever, make yeah. the meal like, you know, like you can make it feel, you know, bigger just by mm-hmm. the experience. And, you know, like you have courses, right? Even if your courses are like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> here's <laughs> like, a box of crackers. Some chips to some start. Yeah. yeah. But something that kind of like, you know, feels, um, you know, celebratory. Cause that's the yeah. thing I think, I think that, you know, we talked last week about the idea that this is like a holiday. It's a day to celebrate and remember. Yeah. And then, you know, if you carry that into the feast, then, you know, that's, that's how we celebrate. Right. And, and so that's where the joy comes from. As yeah. Well. I think, I think the point here is that you know, most of us can acknowledge there's something unique about sharing a table with people. Mm, right. There's something about that. There's a, there's an easiness to it there. We let our guard down, you know, it's satisfying. It's, it's enjoyable, um, lingering at the table. Like, you know, most of us have had that experience at some time or another, you know, maybe it was a holiday meal or something else. Uh, but there's something about that that just is good for bonding and forming relationships. So I don't think it's so mm-hmm. much about, yeah, the size of the feast or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. But it's just acknowledging that there is something uh, that's good about being around the table. Um, and just 
you know, maybe having that easy going approach where, you know, we don't need to clean up right away or, you know, it could be that we, you know, pursue some type of ritual, you know, like we talked about, maybe it's that we acknowledge that, Hey, this is the beginning of Sabbath. It's a day we've all been looking forward to. And we just can't wait to experience, you know, uh, delight, you know, in this next period of time, what are you, what are you guys planning or, um, or praying together and, and inviting God's presence, you know, in a way that would be, you know, obvious. So I think there's ways we can do that and make it unique and special. Yeah. Without necessarily creating, you know, all kinds of extra work. And for each person, they're going to yeah. have to decide what's going to work for them. Yeah, I'd love to jump in there because I there was this um, this tradition or this practice that that uh, I came across as I was researching that I found really helpful. Um, and it's this practice that's uh, called dayanu, which is a Hebrew word that is roughly translated. It would have been enough, but. And then you answer, so everybody can go around the table and answer this question. And I love this idea. It's a, it's kind of a Jewish Jewish tradition. Yeah. And the idea is that is that it brings an attitude of thankfulness into the, the the time. And I think that is you know as I mentioned as I mentioned in the message about the the Psalm ninety two that talks about it is good to give thanks to the Lord. That's it is good to be thankful, mm-hmm. and it brings us joy. And so the idea that you could say it would have been enough for us to have bread and water but we have this incredible feast in front of us. Yeah. You know, it would have been enough that we had a house or a roof over our house, but we have this incredible house that is, you know, with three bathrooms and, you know, whatever. Like there's there's these ways that you can practice thankfulness by reminding each other that, you know, it would have been enough, but because of God, we have this, you know, we have this, mm. we can be so thankful. I think those are kind of things that would really make the the meal a very meaningful and joy-filling time so and i love this conversation about feasting and and the meal but i want to be really clear like we've been saying that these are invitational things these are just ideas of things that people can do to engage in sabbath right there's nothing that says this is a requirement that you must do this on your sabbath these are just good ideas that that we think could be helpful but for someone else it may be something different it could look could look very different so i think it's really important you know before we start thinking that there's a you know a formula to like making sabbath work for you well and i think that's that's actually one of the things that's tricky about this um is that I think we've, we've done a good job and I think it's the right thing to say like this, this should look different for some of us. It should, but it, but it requires us to think about it and to talk about it. Right. Like in some ways, what I want right now is a, okay, Chris, can't you just give me like the one thing I, I need to do? Like, d- don't even like, it's not have a conversation. It's not write a list because I have to think about, I just want, I want something to do. Um, and, and I, I mean, I don't think that's the, the invitation into the gospel, frankly. Um, and I don't think that's the invitation here, but I, I do get how people find it a little bit overwhelming and a little bit yeah. like, Oh no, there's something else I have to think about. And you know, um, so what, like, uh, how would you kind of graciously help those people along? Um, well, I think there's something about human nature for many of us, if not all of us that just want to be told, you know, what to do and not do to make it work. Yeah. Like just how do we get it right? How do we check the boxes? And I think the tough thing about spiritual formation in general is that that's just not how it works. Mm. You know, it's about the process. It's about the the reflection. It's about connecting with God. Um, and if we're honest, many of us just aren't really great at that, just slowing down and mm-hmm. making space for that. And so that's really why we've taken on this emphasis around formation and rule of life. And 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 talking about Sabbath as being something to hang on uh, a rule of life for for our people here at Compass Point. 
Um, so I think, yeah, it's just, again, like starting really, really small, hmm. you know, imagining I want to be a person who engages in the Sabbath regularly. And so where do I begin? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's one hour of time away from my phone. Maybe it's, maybe it's one, you know, connection with someone when I would normally spend the day alone. You know, maybe it's doing one chore, you know, the night before so that I could, you know, engage in some intentional rest. Um, you know, it could be just such a large variety of things and we're happy to, to coach and help and, and talk through that, but it really needs to be a process. Yeah. Where, where we're thinking through and, and experimenting, you know, giving up what's not working, trying things maybe that might work and working together with others in our family and our household. Yeah. So let's, let's talk just a little bit about failed delight because I, like, I know at this point we've been talking about this for a while. I've been hearing stories of people who are like curious and trying it. And I'm like, how'd it go? And I, I feel like, I don't know, 70% of the time they're like, Oh, it was terrible. Like it just, we tried, we had a great idea, but then someone got sick or this thing came up or we got a phone call or I had to deal with this work thing. And like, man, I like the, the disconnect between what I hoped for and what I experienced was in some ways worse than not trying anything at all. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. There for sure there is a J curve. And I think we all have to acknowledge that things will often get worse before they get better in terms of the experience. But I think you're touching on something and maybe I have a question for you guys in relation to this. Like on Sunday, one of the things I talked about is that, is that as you slow down and Mm. you stop doing some of the things that, you know, have, um, let me put it this way that, that sometimes you're running, you're moving really quickly to stay away from emotions that are painful mm. and uh, experiences that are hard. And so sometimes when we have those quiet moments at home, you know, work is done and all those kinds of things, we get this wave of negative emotions or sadness that kind of comes over us because of all of the things that, you know, were, you know, either hurts that we've had or, you know, experiences. So, you know, I, you know, I agree with you. There's a lot of things that are where people just can't get to those places because they're, you know, they're busy or things are happening and it just is a failure and everyone's upset. But there's also the experience where it's a failure because we're bringing all these experiences in with us, right? The Mm. sadness. So I'm just curious as you guys, you know, were listening, is there something that kind of caught your attention as you were thinking about that? Because I think for me, that was a big one is that we, you know, how do we pursue delight when our life is not, you know, delightful (laughs) when there's lots of like hardship that we're facing. Um, yeah, I don't know if that, if that kind of like, you know, um, gets you thinking about anything, but I don't know how how you experienced that or how you heard that. Yeah. For me, like I, I hear what you're saying and there is, there's a bit of a like Sabbath detox that happens in, in my world when I like, when I get serious about Sabbath and we've, we've been trying it as a family for years and, and there are seasons where I kind of like, oh yeah, we've, we've messed we've kind of lost it. We need to get back to it, but like, it's, it takes a lot. And at Mm -hmm. first it really, I feel like the delight piece actually takes longer to build. Um, and, and I think there's a reason we started with stop and rest because I think those things, I I mean, they all go together, but they almost have to come before. So I've learned to kind of expect like, Oh, I'm expecting failure. I'm expecting frustration. I'm expecting, it not to feel delightful. Um, but like most things that are hard work, it, it is really worth doing. It just, just takes a while. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, we talk about delighting in God or even this week we're going to be talking about worship as part Mm -hmm. of our Sabbath. And I think one of the things that's true for a lot of us is that we actually don't know what it's like to just delight in God. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we're maybe pretty good at delighting in like his gifts, you know, or, or his creation. Um, but to actually just spend time with God and to feel connected to him and, and recognize that, um, that is tougher and it's just not a part of a lot of our experiences. So I think, you know, a lot of times I know my, in my life, you know, the times when I've been slowed down when I'm alone nighttime, you know, when the phone's off, when the TV's off, when everyone's sleeping early morning, like when the power goes out, those are the times when all of a sudden the, the big questions of life, the dissatisfactions, the disappointments, the, the questions about my own self and my value and all that, that's when everything races in. Right. And I think we spend a lot of our time, time trying to like keep that stuff at bay. Um, And in a fast paced culture like we're in, you know, it's just so normal for us to fill our time so much with noise and activity. And so I think you're right. Part of Sabbath and the slowing process, just all of a sudden, now we're confronted with those realities about our relationship with God or lack thereof or how we perceive that to be and our relationship with others and ourselves. And so, yeah, I mean, we're getting pretty deep here, but these things can create some sadness and feelings of disappointment. And so I think it takes some time to work that through. And even, even just going back to Dave's question, like, you know, when we try something new, especially when we're doing it with others, a lot of times it doesn't go great. Like, I think we have to be okay with lots of failure here. Like we need to celebrate the trying because it's in the process of trying. I think that we learn and that we're transformed. Like, have you ever tried to plan like a big family vacation with others and you've got people, whether it's older kids or extended family that are giving their opinions about it. You ever tried to plan a wedding? You ever tried to, you know, do some of the, have a big family holiday celebration and you get all geared up for it, excited. It's going to be the perfect thing. And, and what ends up happening? Sometimes those things don't work out, right? There's a big storm or someone acts inappropriately or, you know, people, there's conflict or whatever. And so things don't go as planned. The car breaks down. I mean, these things happen. And uh, I think we have to recognize that in trying these new practices, uh, it's very likely that those are going to be our experiences, especially early in the journey when we're just kind of figuring things out. Yeah. And I've learned to, to even see those things as like proof that it is working or that I need it. Right. Like, and it's, Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's hard because I'm, but, but when I feel really like annoyed by it or like I failed in it, I'm like, oh, that is just like, like I assume normally, oh yeah, I can stop when I want to. Of course I can. It's just willpower. And then I try to stop and I'm terrible at it. And I try to delight in something and like, I can't. And I'm like, oh man, I am so much farther from the person that I think I am than, than I thought. Like I, and I actually need these practices. So it is in my mind, it is, there's like a detoxing and like kind of a like, there's an unpleasant yeah. period that I know I, I actually need. Um, and I, I wonder if a lot of our rule of life, a lot of our practices like this uh, require us yeah. to step into those uncomfortable places mm-hmm. and to kind of feel known in a new way right. through them and to know ourselves in a new way and to, to trust God is working in the midst of Yeah, I mean, well, not only that, but like, you know, lots of practices, including Sabbath, you know, we talked about this week too, when we talked about rest, you know, there's a sense of resistance in those things. Mm-hmm. And we're actually resisting almost on three levels. We're resisting culture yeah, because we, 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 we are like cooking in this soup of culture every single day, all day long. And so, you know, when we try to break out of that particular rhythm, 
that's a, a resistance and we're going to feel resistance. Mm-hmm. There's an internal resistance because yeah. of our own brokenness and our own patterns and our own habits and the things that we're doing. And so that feels uncomfortable. And let's face it, there's also like a spiritual battle that's going on. Yeah. You know, as we try to align our lives with Jesus, as we try to connect more with our heavenly father, right there, I mean, Satan's not happy about that. And I, I don't know if I shared on the podcast, but the first week we did Sabbath, like our whole family sat down to do a prayer and initiate our Sabbath ritual. Yeah. And we just started fighting like cats and dogs. It was horrible. And finally, one person in my family was like, can we just pray already? Because this is not going well. And uh, so I think, you know, it, it felt like there were several like many failures along yeah. the way as we tried to do that. Um, and things didn't go as we had planned. There was some stuff that we were going to do as part of our Sabbath thing that just got thrown right out the window. Yeah. Um, and we reevaluated it the next week. But I think that's just part of uh, this this process. And we should embrace it a little bit. Yeah. Well, guys, we're, we're running out of time, but Paul, I want you to take us back to the, the challenges you gave us, the practices yep. for this week, uh, and then any closing thoughts you've got for us. Yeah. And so the, the challenge, uh, was there were two suggestions simply, um, you know, we've been, we've been adding on week after week. Uh, but this week we talked about preparing a Sabbath feast, you know, and, and figuring out, we talked a little bit about that already. And the other thing is find one activity that brings you delight, whether it's in God's world, um, whether it's in our lives in God's world or delight in God himself. Um, but I would say the one thing that I would kind of, oh, and we talked about the Sabbath box as a reach practice, which, you know, we can also explore a little bit, just the idea of, of, you know, creating a space where we can put things aside so that we can trust God uh, through at least for that day. But as I, you know, the one thing I was just thinking as we've been talking about all of this is, um, is that the thing about Sabbaths is they come week after week after week after week, whether we're having a good one or a bad one or a difficult one, or we got exams or we've got problems or good things or all that kind of stuff. The idea of delighting in God is really about a relationship that we build and relationships, good relationships take time to build. And it's okay that when a relationship starts and, you know, you sit down at the table with somebody, it's a bit awkward at first, the conversation is kind of hard, but over time, the conversation becomes easy and the relationship becomes easy. And even if you come to that table with the worst week that you have possibly could have had, and you sit down across from someone who listens to you and you talk and you laugh, you can still find delight in that relationship. And this is what the Sabbath is about when it comes to delighting in God. As we build this relationship, there's no reason to feel frustrated or sad because we, we, the relationship isn't where we want it. What I would say is enjoy it where it is hmm. and allow that relationship to develop and grow so that whatever you bring into your Sabbath, you can leave with God and you can have um, that moment with him that allows you to find joy, even in the most difficult times. The bottom line is that the Sabbath helps us in the slow and steady work of cultivating delight and joy. That's pretty cool. That's so good. Well, guys, lots more to keep exploring here. Uh, Excited to be back next week as we talk about worship and Sabbath and what that looks like. Thanks for listening along to Postscript. We will talk to you soon. Bye.